0: Welcome back to another edition of the Making the Madness College Basketball Podcast. I am your podcast host, Jonathan Warner, Uh, and today we have brought on Andrew DeKoff. He covers the Mountain West for the Mountain West Wire. Uh, He also works for Busting Brackets and uh, has his own analytics site. I recommend you checking that out. It's at DPI Hoops. Uh, Yeah, just follow him at Andrew DeKoff. He has great work, you know, all around covering the sport. He'll be on to discuss a variety of topics, uh, so stay tuned. Love to get into Nash's hands, and they do.
1: Well, knocked away, stolen by Parker. Here comes George to Cody Ryan. Bryant inside. It's good. It's good. Tie
0: game. Welcome back to the Making the Madness podcast. I have brought on Andrew Decoff. Hi. He's at AndrewDeKoff on Twitter. Andrew, how are you doing today?
1: Doing all right. Obviously, it's been a, it's been a strange day. You know, a rough one, but it's, yeah, doing okay.
0: Yeah, rough one for the basketball community. Uh, Kobe Bryant, if you're just now hearing this, uh, he passed away in a helicopter crash. Uh, thoughts go out to him and his family uh, and... His daughter, who was included in the trash, in the tragic uh, pl- helicopter crash, uh, tough for the family. Uh, tough for just basketball in general. Uh, he was so young, you know, forty-one years of age. And growing up, uh, I, you know, got to watch him play. He was just incredible. Uh, late game, he would make any tough shot you asked him to do truly have the mama mentality. Uh, what do you make of uh, Kobe Bryant and the legacy he will live on?
1: Oh, man. Uh, I mean, so I'm a, I'm a Portland guy, so growing up a Blazers fan, uh, you know, from the mid-'90s and the 2000s, he was kind of public enemy number one. You know, he was on all those Laker teams that we couldn't seem to ever get past, and so, you know, it was always a guy that I kind of resented for that reason, but in a, you know, in a respectful way. You know, he's, it, it's just very, it goes without saying that he's one of the best to ever do it, right? The GOAT. Um, you know, I grew up as a, as a kid with Michael Jordan as kind of the, the default hero. But Kobe Bryant really took up that mantle, I think, for the generation of people who came, you know, maybe a few years younger than I am. And it was just really evident to see that today across Twitter, across You know, the the networks across wherever, just seeing what kind of impact and legacy that he left behind, it's powerful stuff, man.
0: Yeah, I I mean, across, you know, college sports even, you saw Cassius Winston today after Michigan State won, he was like, he was shook by, you know, hearing about the death. A lot of these, you know, players, you know, grew up watching Kobe Bryant. They didn't grow up watching Michael Jordan. I right. guess they watched LeBron as well, but uh, Kobe was maybe the first uh, true player for you know a lot of the you know collegiate athletes growing up and you know just a complete tragedy uh, to all those involved uh, especially the Bryant family. Uh, yeah. We'll be gone here i to going get into you know the actual college basketball uh, what happened this weekend. I uh, going to start with the headliner game, Kentucky went on the road, uh, beat Texas Tech 76-71. Nick Richards stepped up. He had a huge game, 25 points, 14 rebounds to help lead the Wildcats to a big win over Texas Tech. Uh, is Nick Richards the most improved player in the sport? Because last two years he was not very good, and now all of a sudden you know, you can throw him in there as maybe a top five big man in the sport uh just yeah I, 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 I definitely
1: i definitely think he's got to be in that conversation uh personally you know i and this is kind of a shout out to to our mutual friend here eli betker uh but i'm a big justin bean fan in part because of eli and he's really turned it on at utah state but i mean i think nick richards what he's done for kentucky and how he's got like you said you know the last two years he's sort of had that uh You knew there was more in there, and it just wasn't coming out, and now you're seeing it all come out at the right time, and he's keeping Kentucky right in the thick of things, and so yeah, I think he might be the most improved player. His improvement might be the most important thing for Kentucky, though, this year.
0: Yeah, and you know, you asked me before the season if Nick Richards is going to play like he's been playing, uh, especially here recently. I would... You know, been booking Kentucky as the national championship favorite because, you know, coming into the season, it was Keon Brooks and uh, Khalil Whitney. Uh, Whitney obviously left the program on Friday. uh, Brooks has been kind of a disappointment. Those two were expected to play big, and I guess, you know, we were kind of going to wait and see what you would get out of Nick Richards, EJ Montgomery. Nick Richards has taken the massive leap forward, Uh, He's got a killer 15-foot jumper that is basically unguardable. uh, And he's been fantastic, was fantastic as uh, Kentucky went on the road, took down Texas Tech.
1: Yeah, it's another time for Texas Tech to, uh, to lose another big game, unfortunately.
0: Yeah, and, you know, talk about Texas Tech. Their team, they have that Louisville win. That is it. Uh, they have four Quadrant 1, Quadrant 2, and Quadrant 3 combined wins. Uh, of their 12 victories, 8 of the 12 have come against Quadrant 4 opponents. Really, just outside of that Louisville win, you take that away from Texas Tech's resume. Uh, and you take Texas Tech off the name of on the front of the jersey uh, as well. Yeah. We're not even talking about this team. Uh, just because... There's nothing there besides that Louisville win. Uh, what do you make of yeah, Texas mean, Tech?
1: I think you made a really good point. That I, I think the the name on the front of the jersey, the coach on the sidelines, what happened last year, preseason projections to some degree. I think a lot of things are making people look at Texas Tech as a team like. This we know that they're a tournament team but look at how close they're getting to not being one anymore rather than really evaluating from the get-go with blank slate is this really a tournament team based on all the things that they've done this year and it's they they really should be right on the bubble and maybe on the wrong side of it you're right that Louisville win is nice but it it's at a neutral site which is I guess better than doing it at home but not as good as if they'd done it you know in Louisville and yeah, Iowa State at home, right? That's one of their other quadrant two wins. I believe. And then so. Kansas State on the road. I believe. Is are their their those are the three quadrant one and two wins they've got.
0: Yeah, which is
1: <laughs> not, not good at much. all.
0: Uh, to no, say, but... the thing
1: is, they don't have any bad losses. They just have too many.
0: Yeah, I mean, they just they lose to good opponents. But eventually you're going to need to win some of these games. And especially, you know, I mentioned this last episode, they didn't go out and schedule UNC Greensboro, East Tennessee State, where like they're all of a sudden going to have like two or three more Quadrant two wins as opposed to if they schedule uh, UT Rio Grande Valley, for example. (laughs) Uh, You know, even I think that's, a major part of scheduling as well uh, which Chris Beard did not really master this year uh, but part of it is you just got win those games against uh, decent teams and thus far they really yeah. haven't been able to do so
1: yeah but it does kind of seem like they might be one of those teams you know if they stay close enough to 500 in the Big 12 I just I would be pretty surprised to see them not make the tournament but that doesn't mean that it would deserve to be there. If that makes
0: sense. Yeah, I I think if they if they're they go five hundred in league play, I think that would be a time to really be concerned. Just given how the Big Twelve is this year, where uh, Texas Tech and Oklahoma are the fourth and fifth best teams of the league, but uh, they're going to need to start winning games uh, sooner rather than later. I think they've got a They play Kansas and West Virginia this week. So if you can get one of those wins, uh, that takes some of the pressure back off of Texas Tech. And I think pretty clearly removes them from the bubble conversation. But they need to get one of those wins, uh, whether it's West Virginia at home, which I think is a totally doable win. uh, Mm -hmm. Or maybe they win at Allen Fieldhouse, which is, I think, much more unlikely at this point.
1: It's the taller task for sure.
0: Yeah, moving on. Arizona State came from behind, uh, won a thriller game against Arizona. Uh, why can't the Wildcats win on the road? Uh, is the first question I have on this.
1: Um, I think one of the issues that I've noticed in times that I've watched this team is they don't always seem to bounce back from diversity really well. And I think at home, that's something that you might be able to do a little bit better. But I know specifically there were times, you know, stretches, not the whole game, but stretches when they were playing Baylor, when they were playing St. John's, where the body language just seemed kind of off. Um, I don't know that the, the, those games were both away from McHale. They weren't both true road games. But um, I think just not having that home crowd kind of behind them to... I don't know. I, you know, trying to make some explanations for it, but yeah, they just they have they're zero
0: and four on the road. Is that right? No true, no true road wins this year. Yeah, I'll have to look that up uh, to fact check you on that. But <laughs> yeah, well, I think I believe
1: that's the case. I, I, I and they don't and their best win away from home altogether, as far as I could do, you know, finding my research here was uh, Wake Forest. Oh. Which... So,
0: that's a quad two win at best.
1: That's quad three, at least as of today. It was quad three at best, yeah, though. That uh, might sneak up into the quad two territory.
0: Yeah, I think Wake Force is in like that 102 to 95 mm-hmm. range, so right, right, quad right. two or quad three win is not exactly uh, what you want to see out your best win away from the McHale Center you have that illinois win early in the season which is aging very well and i think keeping them on the right side of the bubble uh, at least for the moment but uh, if they you know keep racking up these losses let's say they lose at cal uh, this year you know at ucla i guess since they're probably the second worst team in the pac12 that's really going to start creeping in to them being more of a bubble team. So they need to start winning some rogue games.
1: Yeah. The one thing that they are doing, though, is that they are making these games close. Uh, You know, even if they get down by quite a bit early, they they come back. Like that St. John's game, I remember specifically, they were down uh, 15 points very early in the game. Came back, it was only three points at the end of it. Uh, So... In terms of like the computer rankings and the net things like that, they are certainly helping themselves. Not take, you know, when they do lose, those losses aren't killing them. That's how they have six
0: losses and they're still a top ten team in the net. Yeah, Gonzaga that. Gonzaga loss is yep. looking really that good Gonzaga because they were down sixteen and cut it to four. All of a sudden, and I think the.
1: The That's Baylor a one loss. was the same way, too, if I remember correctly.
0: Yeah, Baylor, I remember that game. It was like Baylor basically led throughout, and then Arizona came back to make it like a four- or five-point game at the end.
1: Right. So, Which, you know, I don't know. Part of me sees things like that and worries about putting too much trust into a team uh, that if you just look at the final scores
0: looks much more competitive with these top teams than maybe they really were. Yeah, I think some of that has to do, you know, both ends. I think Baylor kind of fell asleep second half. Gonzaga certainly mm. fell asleep when they were up by 16 with two minutes to go. Uh, and right. Arizona State, I get or Arizona just stopped playing. Arizona State uh, never stopped quitting in this game. Uh, this win, I think, puts them... You know, not back in the tournament field for now, but I think at least back in the bubble conversation, do you kind of see it that way?
1: Well, yeah, so this is actually interesting because you you, know, you sent me this question uh, earlier, and I was thinking, R- really? Am I just am I way off? Because I ha- didn't quite have Arizona State there, but when I started looking at it, Arizona State and Texas Tech are two teams that have pretty similar resumes, and actually I think Arizona State's is better. They have more Q quadrant one and two wins, the same amount of losses. I mean, yeah, they have that forty point loss to Saint Mary's, but if we just do the blind resume check, ASU has the tougher strength of schedule. They're not that far off. I don't know if it's certainly better, but it's they're not that far. But the way that I think about those two teams is vastly different.
0: Yeah. And certainly, you know, the quadrant one wins are a big difference. Uh, you know, Louisville on a neutral is much better than Arizona at home. Uh, but, True. you know, you look at blind resumes, you mentioned. You know, if you line those two up, uh, I still think I would probably pick Texas Tech out of the two teams, but. It wouldn't be by a close margin. I think if you did like a Twitter poll of those two teams, it'd be like uh, yeah, 64 36. Yeah, I 20
1: It's much closer than I would have thought before, I guess, looking very specifically at these two. Because, you know, we look at these teams sometimes kind of in a vacuum and it's hard to directly compare like that, you know, on top judgment, but actually looking at the numbers, I was just surprised to see that there was not as much daylight between these two teams. It's a testament to it. Arizona State, you know, being I think a little better than I had given them credit for.
0: Yeah, they've been decent this year. Uh, obviously, the 40-point St. Mary's loss not going to help them, but you know, just, I guess hanging around the bubble picture, not losing the games they're not supposed to, Uh yeah, and, and I mean they went up to, they went win to
1: Corvallis the... and beat Oregon State, you know, which is something Arizona couldn't do. They got a you know, a couple a couple little decent wins away from home. San Francisco's not bad. Princeton is okay. Princeton's not great, but it's Quadrant three for the moment, so I'm counting it. Yeah. Uh, yeah.
0: more than some of Texas Tech has done this year.
1: Right. That's kind of what I'm going at is it's at least a conversation that I think is worth having.
0: Yeah, and I still think if you were gonna say one of these teams makes the NCAA tournament, and one doesn't. Uh, I'd still put all my money on Chris Beard and Texas Tech. But yeah, yeah, uh, would, Arizona State's at least
1: thing.
0: in the conversation. Yeah. Moving on here, Illinois. Uh, they went on the road, took down Michigan. Ayo uh, Ayo Desumu had a big game. Uh, Sean didn't have as big of a game, but I uh, just wanted to say his name. Is <laughs> Illinois back?
1: I mean, if we're talking about back, as in are they legitimately in the conversation to be a Sweet 16 team and maybe potential for a little bit further? Yeah, I think that they're there. I'm willing to buy in and drink that Kool-Aid. Just, you know, the one caveat I'll give there is that I've, drank a lot of different Kool-Aids this year and believed in a lot of different teams and come up wrong. You know, I was I was on the Ohio State bandwagon for a while. I was I thought that Arizona was a much better team than they have been. So, you know, I hope this isn't a kiss of death, but yeah, I think that Illinois is I think that this team is for real. Don't
0: don't give me a start on the Ohio State bandwagon. I was I was maybe shotgun of the uh Ohio State bandwagon. There were yeah, a few people but you were
1: you were the first one to rank them number one in a in the uh, Rocking Twenty Five poll, and I was not very far behind you.
0: Yeah, they they certainly earned it. Now they look like a JV squad going against a bunch of varsity squad teams. But... Yeah,
1: they they did manage to beat Northwestern today, right?
0: Well, that's a C team squad or something like that. So
1: <laughs> right. No, I'm just checking. Which is strange to think that I have to check that. You know, they were they managed to beat Northwestern.
0: Yeah. Uh, as for Michigan, they're kind of going in a tailspin at this point in the season. Uh, they got that Gonzaga win. Uh, the North Carolina win obviously is not really going to help them at this point. Yeah. Uh, but you know that Gonzaga win is going to help keep them around the picture. Uh, beat Iowa, I believe, as well. I uh, kind of in that early season time frame Creighton, uh, that's a quadrant one win. But really, you look bes- past that, there's you know not a whole lot of meat to the resume. Uh, they do have, I think, better wins than any other bubble team. But you know it's kind of the conversation you have with Purdue and Minnesota. Can this team get enough you know wins to make the NCAA tournament? My guess is probably, but I don't think it is, you know, as clear cut as we would have thought back in December when people were trying to rank them number one.
1: Right. Yeah. No. I mean, they shot. I think the reactions kind of went way too too strong. Uh, I think that they showed that they are a very talented team with what they did against. Uh, Oregon and North Carolina, right? And uh, I think that they showed that there's talent there, right? But, but yeah, they've completely fallen off. You know, they, they're one in five in in, two, in 2020, which is not good. Uh, yeah, they're playing good teams. They play in the Big Ten, but they just they don't travel well. Uh, they've they've are zero and five in true road games, two and six in the conference total. Yeah, I mean they just need to. They gotta have. They just gotta win games at this point, and they haven't been doing it lately. And at some point, it ha- these kinds of things have to come back and bite you, right? I mean, you can't go four and fourteen, or I guess they're twenty games now in the Big Ten.
0: Yeah, I okay, think it's so. five and fifteen. Let's say.
1: Yeah, no, you can't. I mean, there's just you cannot even be entertained in the conversation and. You know, Seven and thirteen, probably not still.
0: I think seven and thirteen, I mean, what, given what they did non-conference play, would probably get them in. But,
1: but that's crazy, right? That a team can lose almost twice as many games in this conference. As, I'm not saying that you're wrong, by the way, because I think last year there might have been some six and twelve teams that were under consideration from, like, say, the Big Twelve. Maybe
0: I think um, Oklahoma was seven and eleven last year of. and got in. Okay.
1: Okay. So I mean it's kind of that sort of situation. I'm just wondering. It'll be fun. It'll be interesting to see what that floor really is. Yeah. For the selection
0: committee. I I think you know they they look at conference. They don't look at conference record. They look at overall record. So yeah. I, I kind of have the rule. If you can get four games above 500 at the entering selection Sunday. I think if you have enough quality wins, you're going to make the NCAA tournament. If they can get, you know, 19 and 15. Let's say, I think that probably gets them into the NCAA tournament. Uh, you know, we'll see if they can get to the 19 win mark or right, not. Right. But uh, if they can do that, I think they're safe. But they're not not sure. making it look easy on themselves right now.
1: No, and I just want to point. It's just a crazy time that we're living in where Michigan and Ohio state are much less safe than Rutgers and Penn State. Penn, right? I mean it just
0: seems Penn like State it's and Rutgers are like four and five wins away from making from like legitimately locking up NCAA tournament bids at this point. Which is Yeah, so beyond crazy. It's
1: great. I
0: love it. Yeah. Rutgers is back. Uh Your family, uh, I I don't remember the Jimmy V line, but ends with, and Rutgers basketball. (laughs) Uh, Moving on here, Baylor went to Florida, uh, won pretty comfortably. Uh, Are the Bears the clear number one team in the sport at this point?
1: I think so. I, it's really I think it'd be easy for me to kind of hedge my bets and say well I think you know them and Gonzaga it's 1a and 1b or whatever no I'm just gonna say yeah I think Baylor's the best team I think it's not to take away from Gonzaga I just think that Baylor's shown it against better competition uh, you know put them on the court together and I don't know who wins necessarily but if we're talking about the talent that I've seen in a mix of the actual schedule that they've played I think that Baylor have to be the number one team
0: yeah, I'm kind of along, you know, basically the same lines. Baylor, you know, played a really tough schedule. They played a tougher strength of schedule. Uh, than Gonzaga did, non-conference. Uh, they both had one loss. Uh, Grant Baylor's loss is, at this point, I guess a little bit worse. You know, Washington on a neutral is not as good as... Uh, you know michigan on a neutral but it's you know not i don't know those
1: are kind of i mean those might as well be the same loss i that's basically the same thing to me michigan and washington they're kind of in a similar situation to me i don't really know what's going on with either of those teams yeah
0: but baylor's best win at fog allen Fieldhouse, uh Mm -hmm. that gonzaga doesn't even have anything close to that like At Arizona, I guess, is maybe the tough competitor, but that's not really a competition. Uh, Baylor beat Arizona uh, for what it's worth and what may have actually been an Arizona home game just because that was the game where uh, it was at Baylor and there were no Baylor fans because the Big 12 championship was going on the same day. Uh Oh,
1: Uh, right, right, right.
0: It basically an Arizona home game, so if we're going to compare that, I guess Baylor's 5-point win over Arizona is better than Gonzaga's 4-point win over Arizona. In favorable circumstances, I guess.
1: Uh, yeah, I also think that this is a just a bad year to try to give anybody that number one ranking, though. Because at any given moment, it seems... I mean, Baylor and Gonzaga have... Lasted this long, uh, but yeah, it's hard for the for me to say that there is a clear number one. I'll just say they're number one right now.
0: Yeah, and yeah. you know, let's say Baylor and Gonzaga both lose next week. You know, we're right back to having the good old who's now number one conversation. In which case, maybe we throw San Diego State there because why yeah, not?
1: Yeah, why not, man?
0: They they have. They have uh, one thing that Gonzaga and Baylor don't have, and that is no losses. So let's throw them there. Uh, as for Florida, are they any good at basketball? Uh, I don't really – I don't know what to make of this Florida team because the talent is there. Uh, they haven't really gotten as good production as you would have liked from their freshman, uh, Trey Mann, Sky Lewis, but, you know, I think the pieces are there for this team to be good, and they just they consistently disappoint me. What do you make of this Florida team?
1: I'm, I'm in the same boat where I don't really know what to make. I think to answer your question as literally as possible, yes, they're good at basketball, uh, but are they good enough to get the wins that they'll need to make the NCAA tournament? That's going to be a lot closer. Uh, I mean, they already have five quadrant one and two wins, So that's good. But I don't know. I just don't really see consistency. I don't see this team coming together and being anything close to the top five national contender that they were made out to be when they got Kerry Blackshear. And I think maybe it's just a testament to in college basketball, you're never just that one guy away, maybe. I don't know.
0: Yeah. I, I think I, a lot of different factors. I think Mike White coaching as well has he's been, you know, disappointing as a coach. Not really playing the style of basketball that you would want uh, out of this Florida team. You know, ideally you run like an pace and p- space, uh, bunch of shooters spread out across the court. Uh, get Kerry Blackshear easy buckets one and one or or one on one in the post or. Have him pass out for open kickout three. Uh, but they really haven't run any of that this year. Uh Mike White, you know, as a coach, I think has been rather disappointing. Uh and then, you know, just for the team, you've you've had a lot of factors go along with it, but all this equates to Florida being I think still NCAA tournament team, but you know, a team that probably is, you know, going to be like a 10 seed in the NCAA tournament, which uh, is very disappointing given, you know, the top five, top 10 preseason expectations going into this season.
1: Yeah, and, I mean, that's what they were last year, right? They were the 10 seed and they took on Nevada. Uh, ne- Nevada, let me make sure that that's clear. Uh, for the people who listen to me who might know me from my Mountain West work, I don't want any miss uh, misunderstandings there, but yeah, I, I, it just shows if Florida ends up with a ten seed in the tournament, it's going to be pretty disappointing that they couldn't improve on on that from last year. You know, the ten seed for that for that Florida team was good, right? A ten seed for this Florida team is hugely disappointing.
0: Yeah, it would be just. I think a. Massive disappointment, just to say it blatantly. I'll say yeah. Nevada, just so they're yelling at me instead of you.
1: Nevada, perfect. Yeah.
0: perfect. Nevada. Yeah. Not Nevada, Nevada. <laughs> uh,
1: and I will say this, though, in all seriousness, because there was a Twitter beef that I was involved in earlier this week. Uh, never UNR. Never UNR for Nevada. Neva- no, Nevada, that's the
0: one. <laughs> I, all right, anyway, we're off of that. I don't know if I've ever used UNR, so...
1: Don't start.
0: Okay. Uh, <laughs> moving on, the bubble took a massive hit yesterday. Uh, BYU, Memphis, NC State, Virginia Tech, uh, to go along with the teams we already touched on, Michigan, Florida, Texas Tech. All yeah. these teams lost. Uh, and my big thing is the bubble really doesn't look all that good anymore. I kind of, coming into the year in, you know, mid-December, I kind of was like, this could be like an all-time bubble year, and now here we are in the bubbles, you know, back to looking like it did last year, where there's no good teams. Uh, Do you kind of see it similar?
1: Well, I think it's interesting, so there's a lot of bubble teams that at one point in the season were in the top 25 or really close so what I think it means is either there's kind of a lot of good teams or that you know people who do polls are just not as good as it not as good at doing the polls as it would like to be or you know we just we just don't know enough about these teams on these small sample sizes but I think there's a lot of talent on the bubble just a lot of Issues with chemistry, with consistency, with coaching, with just with these teams coming together and doing all the right things. But that said, I'm not sure I want to be that seven seed facing any of these teams on the ten line. I don't like that matchup. If I'm a seven seed and I'm looking at Memphis across the way from me,
0: yeah, you know, Memphis is a team. uh, Can touch on them? They've really just fallen off. The face of the earth in AAC play. Lost to Georgia earlier. They don't really look any good. They don't have James Wiseman walking through the door. I'm not really, if I'm a seven seed like Rutgers, I may not be all that scared of Memphis. Uh, Virginia Tech, I'd maybe be more scared of, uh, despite the loss to Boston College yesterday. You know, this team is, I think, talented. Uh, same with Texas Tech. Uh, but, you know, can they bring it on consistent basis? And these some of these teams are also really young. You know, you look at Memphis, Virginia yeah. Tech, uh, Texas Tech. They're all relying on freshmen and sophomore to play big when, you know, they're freshman and sophomore and not, you know, Zion Williamson-level freshmen. Yeah. So,
1: yeah, I mean, I think, I think the bubble is good, uh, but I think some of that might just be old-held beliefs because a lot of these bubble teams now are teams that I was you know, convinced were good earlier in the season, and I'm still not ready to completely let go of that because obviously I saw something in these teams, but you know, you look at a team like Ohio State, they're just not the same team that they were when I was ranking them number one, so yeah, I guess you've got to do you have to let go
0: of those at some point. Those notions. Yeah, uh, we'll see if how many of these teams can actually, you know, get back to playing at the level they were playing early in the season. You mentioned Ohio State, uh, Michigan. Uh, not really going to throw Memphis into the discussion because I think a lot of that was the precursor with James Wiseman. Uh, we'll see if maybe Florida or Texas Tech can start living up to expectations, but uh, not a lot of these teams are doing that at the moment.
1: Yeah, and we talked about adversity a little bit, you know, earlier when we were talking about Arizona and how it can be tough, especially for some of these teams that do trend a little younger to respond to that, and when you, you know, we're talking about maybe just in a single game for Arizona, but when you start looking at these teams that are having big chunks of their season come off the rails, that can be really tough for a team to come back from, too.
0: Yeah. Uh, But we'll see, I guess, as the season progresses. Uh, Does the bubble, you know, get back to being really good? Uh, But I'm – not really sure it is at this point in the season. Uh, just a lot of bubble teams keep taking losses that they maybe shouldn't be taking at this point. Yeah. Uh, moving on, San Diego State, uh they beat UNLV today. Uh they're now 21 and 0. I'll ask the question again. Uh can San Diego State run the table
1: um in the regular season? Yeah. I don't see why not. I, I, you know, I'm a jaded person by nature, so I don't know that I necessarily believe that they will, but I don't see a Mountain West team that I am saying for sure, oh yeah, they're definitely going to beat San Diego State. Um, and that goes for the Mountain West tournament too. I think once San Diego State gets to the NCAA tournament, that's going to be tougher to win six games in a row there. Um, but I think it's possible. I, I like the team as they're put together. Um, I, I do think that there could be some issues with depth, with Nathan Mensa out and Matt Mitchell now starting. Trey Pulliam had a huge game today. Today, though, had 18 points off the bench to keep them undefeated against UNLV. So, you know, maybe those are just hypothetical questions, and San Diego State's ready to answer all of them.
0: Yeah, I think for the Mountain West, you know, you look at their remaining schedule at New Mexico, at Nevada, uh, and Utah State at home are the three you kind of like, you circle on the calendar, this is maybe the time where San Diego State loses. Granted, if they do lose, it will probably almost certainly be against someone that I did not mention earlier in this uh, segment, because that's just the way college basketball is, but uh, if if that's the three most challenging games, uh, I think you sign up for that instantly if you're San Diego State, because that's really not a tough schedule at all.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm just going to, I've said this uh, once before on the season, uh, and I'm just going to keep keep consistent with calling my shot for kinda like you said the, the random game that you don't expect that might be the one that pops out and causes trouble. I'm gonna say when they travel to Air Force and play there. That's a tough place to play.
0: I I I like that. I I don't know if it will happen, but No, probably it'll, not. It'll probably be the I'm game. I'm gonna look
1: really smart if it does.
0: <laughs> we we're either gonna completely overthink this and say Air Force oh, yeah. is going to beat San Diego State, or we're just, it, we're either going to have 200 IQ or have zero IQ. Uh,
1: it's probably the zero, in yeah. my experience. But, but that's fine. <laughs> I'm willing to, you know, just I got nothing to lose by it, but that's the one that I'm like, yeah. you no, know, I, I, I can see it, kind of.
0: Yeah. Air Force is decent this year. Sure. Uh,
1: Their offense is good, and they've got some firepower that could go, you know, challenge San Diego State's really good defense, maybe. You know, or it could be a 20-point win for San Diego State, and, you know, it's never close. But with the altitude, with Air Force's offense, maybe being able to cancel out San Diego State's defense a little bit, I don't know, there are just a couple things that that are at least intriguing about that matchup for me.
0: Yeah, and maybe we have... 300 IQ or zero IQ, as mentioned before. There's there's no in-between, but mark it right. down. Uh, Andrew and I are both uh, predicting Air Force to beat San Diego State, ending oh, perfect. the regular season streak of yeah. undefeatedness. Uh, anyway, moving on to another mid-major. Uh, this one is uh, now losing two straight games. Uh, the Liberty Flames, they lost mm. to Stetson, North Florida. Uh, some people will uh, be celebrating. Uh, the Flames are no longer going to be an at-large caliber team.
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, I'll tell you who should be celebrating are teams like Michigan and Texas Tech and, you know, those who might not have to worry about what happens if Liberty does this in the a tournament. Because I think at this point, yeah, I i got to imagine losses to Stetson and North Florida are going to be prohibitive to Liberty. Well, and, and then plus whatever you know, one loss they would have to take in the A-Sun tournament to need that large bid. I think at that point, if they have four losses, I don't know if they get in or not. Yeah,
0: I don't that, think they do. The thing is they have one Quadrant two win. Uh, I think that's at Vanderbilt, which uh, I think a – Akron is the other one, but yeah, uh, if Ak- Akron falls below seventy five in the net, and uh, you know Vanderbilt, they lost their best player, so they might fall below two hundred. in that, all of a sudden, you are looking at a team with no quadrant one or quadrant two wins, uh, and that team's certainly not getting in the N C tournament.
1: I would not think so.
0: Yeah, so the Flames. Uh, They've skated on thin ice. They're probably going to need to win the Atlantic Sun Tournament. Uh, going to stop talking about them. Uh, talk about other mid-majors that you could maybe see getting at large bid. I'm going to start out with East Tennessee State. Uh, they have that LSU win early in the season. Uh, that's when Liberty does not have uh, on their resume uh, because they lost by, like, rendered in 27 to LSU. It's not really a close game. Uh, neither was the game East Tennessee State play against LSU because East Tennessee State uh, won by 20 or so. Uh, I, I think the Buccaneers at this point, if you're going to be talking about two-bid SOCON, uh, if East Tennessee State can run the table in league play, uh, and then... You know, if they lose a game, let's say, second round of the SoCon tournament, I think they're the team that you could go from the SoCon and say, this is a at-large caliber team, similar to Wofford last year, even though Wofford did win uh, the SoCon
1: tournament. Right. I I don't mind that. I, I like ETSU. I think that they are – I would be fine with, with them getting in. Um. I do have one team that I'm probably more partial to that I want to see get in in terms of the mid major. I do like the idea of a two bid SoCon. Um, this one would be more of probably a two or three bid Atlantic Ten uh, with Richmond. I like Richmond. Yeah, I, I think
0: Richmond. Good, I think they're a good one in here. Hanging around. I think them in Rhode Island, uh, if they can pick up a winner. Here, there, I think Richmond they lost to Dayton yesterday, so yeah, that will maybe hurt them a little bit. But let's say they win at Dayton, or for some reason, they they might get in there. Rhode Island, I think, is another team that could p- yeah maybe you know potentially get an at large bid from uh, the Atlantic Ten. The Atlantic Ten has been you know sneaky pretty good this year. Uh, You obviously have Dayton, who I think you ask anyone, they would tell you Dayton's a legitimate national title contender. Uh,
1: They're just that good,
0: especially offensively. Uh, But then, you know, VCU's you know doing VCU-type things. Rhode Island is really good. Uh, Richmond is all of a sudden good, and Chris Mooney is no longer on the hot seat. Uh, And then, even got teams like Duquesne, who are you know, doing well this year. The Atlantic 10 has been, you know, I think sneakily really good this year.
1: Uh, yeah, it's just, been a lot of fun.
0: We'll see if they can get maybe two or three bids, but...
1: Uh, Heck, they could even end up with four. I mean, all four of those teams we talked about, uh, Dayton, VCU, Rhode Island, and Richmond, I, you know, it has, it, it'll take some breaks, but I could see that. I could see that happening.
0: Yeah. I think you're gonna. You're obviously gonna need Dayton and VCU to. Well, Day, Dayton's a tournament caliber team, uh, yeah. pretty much no matter what they do closing the season. VCU's gonna need to continue to be good. I guess one of Richmond or Rhode Island, uh, you know, gets hot and becomes uh, that third pretty clear tournament team, and then you obviously get. Uh, the other one of those two teams uh, winning in the A-10 tournament. I'm not going right. to predict four bid at Lankton, but I think there are certainly... There. I think you can get three uh, bid at uh which is certainly reasonable. Uh, a couple other teams I'll touch on. Uh, USC has been sneakily pretty good this year. Uh, 16-4, they've got three quadrant-1 wins. Almost had a Really big one at Oregon. Forced that to double overtime. Didn't quite sneak out the win, but USC's been pretty good this year. Your thoughts on the Trojans?
1: I like them a lot. Um, I remember, you know, it was one of those exhibition games before the season, but when I was still, you know, getting ready, they played Villanova um, on a, you know, some Pac-12 network game in October, I think. And I really fell in love with Onyeka uh during that game and he has been he, he's been as advertised he's been great um, and yeah I think USC I, they're probably the 6th best team I think 5th or 6th maybe in the conference right now
0: um,
1: So I, I think,
0: might go I, even higher I think he, yeah I
1: know it's, it's tough for me to I would say that's their floor probably 5th or 6th in the conference
0: I think Oregon is is better, and then Colorado, I think, is that second team that's better, but uh, you throw them in there with Arizona, I think Stanford, uh, Stanford lost to Cal, so maybe throw USC uh, ahead of there, uh, and just call them the third best team in the Pac-12. That's, I mean,
1: you might not be wrong, it's just, it's, Kind of crazy to think that they may have gotten that good that quickly. But yeah. It also speaks to the Pac 12 struggling after coming out looking hot, looking like the Pac 12 is back. Now, you know, they're, they're having some issues again.
0: I, I think the Pac 12 has been at least pretty good this year. Uh, yeah. Probably going to get five teams into the NCAA tournaments. Uh,
1: yeah, I think they're back to normal at this point. You know, yeah. where I, they were never really the one of the premier power conferences. They've kind of been, you know, fourth, fifth, sixth of the kind of so-called power six or whatever. They're always that
0: goofy conference that, you know, has a couple good teams in it that you stay up late to watch. Uh, And you've got Bill Walton, of course, calling the game. So you may as well always stay up to watch those. But, you know, last year – Bill Walton was doing, like, all of the Gonzaga games because none of the Pac-12 teams were any good. Uh, Now you've got Bill Walton actually doing Pac-12 games, which is what you always want to see.
1: Yeah, it's the Conference of Champions, as he will always remind you.
0: Yeah. Moving on here, I guess we'll do some game picks and then get out of here. Uh, Monday night, Wisconsin will play at Iowa. Uh... I'm going to take the uh, Hawkeyes to win at home. Uh, you're picking this one?
1: The same. Yeah, the Hawkeyes haven't lost at home since DePaul on November 11th. Um, I'm with I'm with them winning this game, for
0: sure. Yeah, DePaul not really looking quite as good. Uh, but that will win maybe keeps them in the conversation?
1: Yeah, yeah it might, but it's... They got to start turning conversation around on yeah. their own too. They can't. They can't rest on that
0: win. They They've got to win at least six or seven more games this year to yeah. get back in the tournament. I guess we're starting to get to that point where you're yeah. almost running out of time. So it's true, DePaul. If you're listening, start winning <laughs> basketball games. Okay. Moving on to Tuesday. Uh, Villanova will play at St. John's. I'm going to go upset pick in this one. I will almost certainly regret it, but give me the Johnnies to beat Villanova.
1: I mean, I'm not with you on this one. I've got my own uh, little upset pick that I'm saving for later, I think. But I think that is going to win this. I, I think that Mike Anderson has been better than probably we thought he was, was going to be in year one. But Nova's kind of making their late-season push right now, and I don't really see St. John's getting in the way of that.
0: Yeah, certainly. That's probably a game of the night on Tuesday, I would say. But it could go either way in that one. Yeah,
1: it'll probably be more entertaining than, say, uh, Florida State at Virginia.
0: (laughs) Yeah, Florida State, Virginia. Does the winning team score 60? I'm going to go with no. I don't think so. Yeah, I'll take I'm not, nah. I'll take Florida State to win at Virginia. Uh I'll go 54 to 32. Oh, ouch. Devin Vassell has 33. Uh Virginia has 32. I
1: love it. I I can't uh, I can't argue with any of that. That sounds
0: right. Your pick for this game?
1: Uh, uh Florida State. I, I do not believe in Virginia. Uh, Virginia, they barely snuck by Wake Forest today. This is just... I
0: don't think that they're a tournament team right now. No, I, I, I've I, been off the Virginia as yeah. a tournament team bandwagon now, and I am certainly not going to hop on as they continue to suck. Yeah. Uh, moving on... Uh, That's a good game on Tuesday, wanted to discuss. Purdue will play at Rutgers. This is an opportunity for the Boilermakers to uh, pick up that railroad win that they've only had one of this season uh, thus far. But the rack is an impossible place to play. Uh, The only team that has ever come close to winning at the rack is Nebraska. I'm going with Rutgers in this one. I really just can't pick against them. Uh, unless they're playing yeah. Nebraska, because that's the only upset that <laughs> makes sense at the rack.
1: Yeah, uh. yeah, I I'm the same way. I'm going with Rutgers, uh, Purdue. Until they show me that they can play on the road, I'm not going to trust them on the road.
0: Yeah, uh, Purdue and Maryland are like those two teams. I guess Maryland won today at Indiana, so maybe have to move a little bit on the trust goal post, but yeah I'm until they went on the road once or twice, I'm just gonna continue to pick against them. so. Makes sense. I'll, I'll do the same in this one. Uh, moving on to Wednesday's action. West Virginia will play at Texas Tech. Uh, I've got the Red Raiders winning this game. I think this is a spot win for them. Uh, coming off a really tough loss to Kentucky, I think they come out playing a little bit better, uh, and I think they pick up a win against a team in West Virginia. They really need to beat to get into the NCAA tournament picture. Uh, I think they get it in this one, and you know, kind of silence the you know Texas Tech is a bubble team talk that is going on you know right now.
1: Yeah, and I, you know, I'm a little annoyed because this was going to be my upset pick. Uh, yeah, I thought I was going to come in here and be, you know, surprising a little bit. But, no, I'm right I'm right with you. I think that this game being in Lubbock is huge. I think that the stakes of this game, like you said, uh, they need one of these wins this week. If it's this one or, you know, if they don't do it there, they've got to beat Kansas at Allen Fieldhouse. And so I think they know this this is one that they can't let like, get away, and I, I don't think Chris Beard's going to let it happen. But so I'm going with Texas
0: Tech in this one too. Yeah, I I thought your upset pick was going to be uh, either New Mexico or Iowa State losing.
1: Well, or, uh, Iowa know, State now it might have to be uh,
0: Baylor at Iowa State. Uh, we kind of touched on it, but the Bears uh, have a road test uh, in Hilton Coliseum. I think Iowa State will at least keep the game uh, close throughout, but I'll go with the Bears to uh, win this game. No reason to not pick the Bears at this point.
1: No, but I think people should still watch and uh, you know see what Tyrese Halliburton's all about. But yeah, I think that the Baylor. I don't think this will be that big of a test for them.
0: Yeah. Uh, moving on to. The last game on Wednesday, San Diego State will play at New Mexico. Give me San Diego State uh, to win this game. Uh, Their only loss can come to Air Force, so we cannot be picking (laughs) New Mexico to end the undefeated season.
1: Right. No, and I don't think New Mexico is in the spot to do it right now. There's a lot of issues going on. They're missing their top players for – various reasons that you know feel free to dig into on you know your own time after the pod you know after you're done listening to this podcast but um, New Mexico the only thing that I'll say this game is at the pit and strange stuff happens there this is where Nevada lost last year so they uh, really inexplicable loss of the season so just you know throwing that out there but I, I think San Diego State wins but if weird things happen at the pit, I'm not going to be that surprised.
0: Yeah, I think Nevada lost that game by uh, 6,422 points last year, so
1: yeah,
0: anything is, is possible. Uh, moving on to Thursday's games, uh, Minnesota will play at Illinois. I'll take the Illini to win this game. Uh, no reason to pick against them when they're playing as good as any team in the Big Ten at this point in the season.
1: Yeah, I, I think I think you're right. I think I like Minnesota a lot, um, but I'm not quite ready to buy in on on their team, especially traveling. You know, that's kind of the theme of a lot of these things that we're picking right now. Is teams just don't really travel all that well, and that's a skill. You know, to, to be able to take your to take your talents on the road and to keep up that consistency, and not a lot of teams have it, and so that's kind of. I'm I'm with the Illini the same way. If this was flipped and they were playing at Williams, then I, I would probably I would make, I might I would take Minnesota, but in Champaign, give me the Illini.
0: Yeah, I might go the exact same uh, thinking. Wherever the home team is playing. I'll take the home team to win. Uh, Mark Turgeon is a team that, you know, really needs to play at home in order to win. Fortunately, he will play at home against Iowa on Thursday, so give me the Terrapins to win that game.
1: Yeah, I you know, we just talked about all this home team thing. I will say, you know, Iowa when they were at home just beat Maryland by 18 points a couple weeks ago, so They've clearly got the skill to be able to do that, but I do think Maryland, you know, they barely survived against Indiana, but Indiana's good, but I think I like Iowa. I know I was just talking about all the road stuff, but uh, I'm, I'm liking Iowa as a team I want to continue to back, and Maryland, I love the talent that's around, but Mark Turgeon has not always gotten the best out of it.
0: Yeah, we'll see on that one, but it is a home game for Maryland, so yeah, that's true. Maybe the uh, college basketball god saw uh, Maryland win on the road on, I guess today while we are reporting, <laughs> but yeah, and then they're gonna say, okay, you 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 may have stolen a road game here, but you don't steal two, you don't steal road win without a home loss, so. You're gonna to lose to Iowa in the next game.
1: Yeah, that's. I mean, that's the kind of season it's been.
0: Yeah. Moving on to the last game on Thursday. I guess the last game will predict Arizona will play at Washington. Uh, Washington gets the ball to Isaiah Stewart on every single possession. Uh, I think Washington <laughs> can win. Uh, I might take Washington in this game now that I think about it. Arizona just cannot win a road game at this point in the season.
1: Yeah, and 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 Washington is in that desperation time too. I think that this is certainly not quite at the same level as, say, West Virginia Tech at Texas Tech, but it's got a lot of the same uh, machinations kind of going on where I think Arizona should probably win this game just based on on paper but you look at washington they need this and they've got the talent to win the game although cleat green being gone certainly changes things a lot so i'm gonna go with washington as well just because i think that they need it but if they don't win that game their season their season could be over
0: yeah they they need this win desperately at this point uh
1: and really just not to take a home loss, you know?
0: Yeah. Well, they, they need a Quadrant 1 win here or there. I, I, I assume Arizona's going to be a top-three team in the net uh, come tournament time. So they kind of need those types of wins. Uh, so yeah, I
1: mean, Arizona's top ten right now. So as long as the computers keep loving them, this would be a huge win for Washington.
0: Are they – they're number nine?
1: Yeah, Arizona's number 9 coming in Sunday. Because they came back in all of those games, they made them close. The the efficiency looks good, you know. They they stayed with these teams they, they've been doing it for the net, man.
0: That is insane. There is that's that's unfathomable.
1: Their, their strength of the schedule is number 5 in the country, too. I mean, they've they've played a legitimate schedule. But they're still, you know, thirteen
0: and six. I guess in the top
1: ten, it's pretty great.
0: Beating Long Beach State by forty and, uh, I guess, Arizona State at home winning that game by thirty probably helped. Uh, Utah winning by twenty certainly helps. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess beating Colorado by twenty-one helps.
1: Illinois, Illinois by twenty.
0: Yeah, that that's another Colorado by twenty.
1: Yeah, I mean, so when they've won, they've won big, and when they've lost, they've lost close, and (laughs) good formula for them.
0: Yeah, uh, they're in the top ten of the net. It is working out (laughs) perfectly for them. Uh, They're going to be the first top ten team in the net to not get a top uh, six seed or something. I think Buffalo was top 10 last year, if I'm remembering correctly.
1: I think maybe at some point, I want to say they were like 13 or 14 by the time the actual tournament came around, but I might be wrong on that.
0: Yeah, someone probably can fact check us on that, but... Oh, they will. (laughs) We're at the hour and two minute mark, so if they're listening, go ahead and fact check us on that uh, if you want to, if you're... If you don't want to, then we are correct. They were top ten, or they weren't top ten, depending on who you were listening to. Anyway, Andrew, any last thoughts you have on uh, the sport as a whole?
1: Uh, the sport as a whole, just you know, kind of tie it back into where we were at the top. We lost, we lost a good one today, and uh, Kobe Bryant, and you know, just it's a rough day, and I just, yeah, and just stays. Tell, tell the BBF how you feel about them you know, and all that that kind of thing but yeah just that's, that's really the big takeaway from today. It's hard to have too much eloquent to say on it because it's a pretty big topic but yeah
0: yeah, rest in peace to the Mamba. Uh, yeah. It's it's a tough you know loss to take uh, just overall as a whole just an icon for basketball. Uh, so it's tough to, it's hard to see him, you know, no longer with us uh, and prayers go out to his family. Uh, certainly. Uh, Where can people find you on Twitter and basically all the Uh, media's?
1: Yeah, so you can find me on Twitter uh, at Andrew Decoff uh, if you're able to spell the name. Uh, I'm sure you'll find it on Jonathan's feed. But uh, you can also find my writing at Mountain West Wire and Busting Brackets.
0: Go follow him there. Uh, you're getting close to 1,000 followers, right?
1: We're getting there. We, <laughs> we just recently got over the 900 mark, so we're, we're closing in.
0: Hashtag get Andrew to... Uh, 1K. That's the. Yeah,
1: we're going to do it by the end of the season.
0: I'm going to include that on the uh, pod episode details.
1: Uh, yeah, well, make sure, you know, I tell everybody that I called my shot for the Air Force game. I'm sure that'll get me a couple people.
0: I'll. I'll uh, <laughs> when that happens, because it is going to happen.
1: Right. I'll, right. Just remember. Um, remember that we did
0: this. I'll schedule a post uh, on Twitter and. Just have a link to it and say, Andrew called this. Perfect. Uh, Anyway, Uh, good having you on the pod. Uh,
1: Thanks for having me on, man.
0: Fun discussion hit on a lot of topics, so it was fun. Thanks again for listening, uh, and have a good day, I guess.